successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show and online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for listening today on 980 AM. And if you're joining us via iTunes and podcast, we greatly appreciate it. Or if you're hitting up the website at grillnationshow.com, appreciate you checking that out as well. Hope you're having a great day and a great week, uh, whatever part of the week you're listening to the show. I uh, really appreciate it as always. Want to thank our partners and supporters of the Grill Nation show as we get started today. We're very important people to the show and to the Kansas City region. Uh, title sponsors of the show are Trust, MoBank, BOK Financial, and Two West Companies and Ryan Rink. Contributors to the Grill Nation show include the KCADC, uh, thanks to Tim Cowden, Brian Sarr from True Wealth and Company, a guest host and honor contributor, and poor KC, who's joining us this week, John Stevens. Thank you very much for uh, the support of the Grill Nation show and for joining us uh, from different time to time on the show. I want to welcome in John Stevens, who is the uh, president and CEO at Poor KC. We're going to talk current events, local, uh, state, and uh, federal on today's show and uh, catch up with John. John, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great, Jason. Glad to be back. Uh, John is on Twitter at Rock Hill Strat. That is his Twitter. He's very active. I actually recommended John in a uh, local uh, yeah. magazine yeah, story. Yeah, very nice. Well, Thank they're you like who, they're like who uh, who should you follow? It has to be in Kansas City. Yeah. And so I see these things in in Kansas City, and I see like some people follow like artists, and you know yeah. a lot of people are following people in their in their industries, and I feel like we're pretty aligned in what we care about as far as Kansas City and moving city forward. And so I had to put you on there, man. Well, thank you, Jason. I didn't put Patrick Mahomes. Eh, I didn't put... <laughs> you know, hey, hey, I think Mahomes is getting enough cred out there. He's, <laughs> he's everywhere. Uh, yeah, you know, it's fun. Twitter Twitter is fun. It's a great way to connect with the community. And and I, I view it as as an extension of a conversation. It's not... Uh, you know, it's it's no more than a conversation. So you can talk about a lot of things that matter. We find uh, that things can really explode on there too, right? Uh, they can. They can. <laughs> yeah, that's that's always an interesting one. That's why I try to keep my gift game strong, you know, just so you can always reply with, with a fun gift and you don't have to worry about it. So and much. it's funny because we both have worked in communications and, and crisis comms and PR and it's always like – you know, how do you, do you respond? Do you not? And and it's funny how people respond to different things on Twitter, but we'll get into that some other time. But yeah. you're at Port KC, you're running the show there. How's it been for you? I know you've been in there for now, what, how long? What, about 10 months. 10 months, okay. Uh, so still relatively new, but you know, I'll say much like Kansas City, there's just a lot of momentum. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously the number one topic that everyone asks when you, when you hear Port KC or Port Authority or the river is, is the flooding. And uh, we certainly have, have had our fair share of issues because, uh, I think we've discussed it before, Jason, but, you know, Port KC really does operate. 
create uh, a port terminal in the West Bottoms. We, we do navigation and, and transportation on the river. Uh, and in addition, we develop the riverfront and do intermodal transportation and do economic development. But at the core uh, is the river. And, and when we're in flood stage, which after this last rain event over the weekend, we're back up in flood stage on the Missouri. And we had just gotten back down where uh, the Mississippi and St. Louis were ready to open navigation. And uh, we have, I, I believe, 16 uh, barges ready to unload in Kansas City, which is you know something like 28,000 tons wow. of goods uh, that are waiting in St. Louis for navigation to open back up, which is incredibly rare. Usually things are just humming along, and, and really the Missouri River is, is a water highway for a lot of goods. And uh, we, we have a little bit of a challenge here. I mean, the big question people ask is about flooding on the riverfront, flooding in parks. You know, is it harming the industry right there in front? Well, the nice thing about Berkeley Park is we're way up. We're in the thousand-year flood That's what people don't quite plan. understand, yeah. right? They think – when they think about building things down there, they see – What's happening in Parkville, for instance, in English Lane, right. where I used to live, it was always flooded. Yeah, and that's an amazing park, but it is designed fundamentally different. It's designed naturally to flood when the water comes up and then to go back down. So uh, the concerns aren't as strong as far as you guys in future development. No, as no, other places. Uh, you People know, just assume that because you're on the river. Yeah, you know, of <laughs> course, of course, you know, it's the the never say never, obviously, but at 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 the same time. Uh, what people don't realize is Berkeley Park, the 55 acres down at Berkeley Park, uh, that's actually backfilled up above the levees that were there previously. Okay. So that entire park, the Union, Barquet, everything is way above. So what I've liked to say as an analogy when, when the media and others ask is you say, well, if Berkeley Park is flooded, if the Union and Barquet, if you can't bring your dog to Barquet, um, that means that all of Fairfax, General Motors, and all of the West Bottoms are underwater. So wow. it probably the least worrisome part mm-hmm. of the economy of flooding would be that. And, and then, of course, our hearts go out to, you know, everybody in northwest Missouri and, mm-hmm. and throughout the Midwest because there, there's something like 1.1 million acres that is flooded right now in Missouri, in and around Missouri and, and uh, Southern Iowa. Seems like Iowa. every other it's incredible. day. There's a, uh, it's crazy. It's sunny this week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if anybody knows an anti-rain dance, please go ahead and, uh, and please be doing it. Um, so what, how many acres are there to develop where you guys are? Sure. So that, that's a great question. So we have a 15 acre park and we actually run Berkeley Park. We program and run the park, the town of Kansas Bridge, the pedestrian bridge. And, and we love that. That's, I, I really think of it as uh, Kansas City's front yard. It's sort of the downtown front yard and, mm-hmm. and we draw people from all over. But then we have about 55 acres. Uh, the Union, 410 apartments at the Union. That's where our headquarters so, are. And how, how many acres was that, roughly? That, uh, that, that, that was about uh, about six and a half. See, that's what's crazy to me. So, it looks so big, and you, it's only six and a half out of the 55. Yeah, and, and we're working on another project that'll be about 350 apartments. Uh, will be the next project most likely to go up. Uh, the total build out, uh, will be in, it'll end up being about 6 million square feet of mixed use. And one of the things that we're really looking at now that I'm very conscious of is we want this to be a real community and neighborhood feel, not a master planned kind of corporate looking mm-hmm. area. So really every building that comes is going to be nicer than the next one, which mm-hmm. says a lot because they're already the union is a great building, uh, but everyone's going to be a little bit better and designed by different architects, done by different developers, different partners from all over the country. Uh, and we think that that'll make it a really dynamic, walkable community to connect to the river market in downtown. So officially or essentially, how many acres do you have left to develop? The uh, total? We, 
if you wanted to develop it all. Yeah, I mean, we, we have about 45-plus wow. that we could develop. For people that don't understand that number, a downtown baseball park would take 12 to 14. 12 to 14, exactly. So, so, you, so it's crazy to me that it's that much bigger because it doesn't feel like it is, but it is. Right. Yeah, the, the current, the, the current uh, design, and this can shift around, but the current design is really set on the large blocks of downtown. So you think about the crossroads, those big, long mm-hmm. blocks. Uh, there's really about nine of those in that riverfront. Mm-hmm. So you think about, you put buildings on that, that's a lot. And we're excited uh, that we're working with the city on um, to get geeky, FAR 15, which means we can build high okay, down there. Good. So it'll be really nice to get we're much more a skyline. vertical and density, add some <laughs> stuff to the skyline. Yeah. I love it. John Stevens is with us from uh, Port KC's Twitter's at Rock Hill Strat. Fascinating. We have about a minute left, John. Tell me about this exhibit. I just went on your Twitter, the Nelson that you visited, America. Oh, it yeah. It looks cool. You know, went, went down there Sunday, and of course, the Nelson, you know, is just such a gem in Kansas City. And, and of course, they have this this amazing art, uh, putt-putt golf and everything. I haven't done but that. I need to check that it's out. It's amazing. It, even in the rain, people are out there. But I'll tell you, 30 Americans, if you get a chance, go see it. Uh, it is a special exhibit there. I think it's there for at least a couple more months. Uh, but it is it features uh, African-American artists. And it is really takes you through the the struggles of of of, mm-hmm. of African Americans, the pride of African Americans, the success of African Americans, the future of African Americans, and really ties it into American culture and how we all uh, really think through that. And at the end of the day, these are thirty incredible, incredible world class artists. So amazing! Can't wait to see it. John Stevens with us. We'll be right back. After the- Welcome back to the Grill Nation Show, 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast and at grillnationshow.com. Joined today by guest host and on-air contributor to the Grill Nation Show, the great people over at Port KC. John Stevens is joining me. We like to do a, um, a recap show, local, state, and federal issues. John is obviously very involved in a lot of those and has a unique perspective uh, in addition to his work at Port KC. By the way, they're on Twitter at Port of KC. Uh, John, we had a mayor's race recently. I don't know if you heard. Uh, you know, I heard a little <laughs> something about it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so it's funny, you know, like I was out of town the weekend before and I, you know, I, I kept asking me, what do you think is going to happen? Mm-hmm. Everyone said it's going to be a close race. Yeah. I mean, everyone. Yeah. Um, didn't turn out that way. No, it didn't. turned out to be a, about a 60, 40 split, 59, 41 for yeah. Quinn Lucas over uh, Julie Justice. What were your uh, thoughts about the race and sure. about kind of the outcome? Well, I, I would agree with you. I think uh, most everyone thought it'd be a close race. Uh, some of the surprises there were, I, I, I don't think anyone should be surprised that uh, uh, Mayor-elect Quentin Lucas won. Uh, both of them were great candidates. Uh, I would say Quentin ran a masterful campaign. And, and uh, his messaging, I really think in retrospect, uh, his messaging um, and how he communicated his message to the public really resonated with a lot of people. That was clear uh, by the turnout. And uh, I think once the Northland came in and uh, mm-hmm. it was a very close number in the Northland, 
you you kind of said, okay, now this is this is the trend, and you're starting to see kind of how voters are leaning and and how voters are perceiving this turnout. But ultimately, I think we're very very lucky that we have uh, uh, six new council members. They all ran. I think generally, almost uh, I, I would say all of them ran good races. They ran issues based races, and I think ultimately in the mayor seat we have two two really great people who ran really great issues-based discussions with the city. I think we had what I, I, I think Quinn would probably agree with me. I think we had 467 debates or something like that. They, they tried to limit those. <laughs> I think the campaigns got together in the uh, general, but it still seemed like there was a lot. Yeah. And I, I, but that, I actually liked that they, that they did that. I, I agree. And, and I, I love that they were the first two candidates, I think in Kansas city history that said together, we're, we're not doing these private ticketed, paid, exclusive debates. These mm-hmm. all must be open. They must be on the radio. They must be on television. They must be on the internet. They must be live streamed. That was a really good thing for democracy in yeah, I'm, local I'm trying politics. to remember if I've ever seen the uh, mayoral, mayoral debates on TV as much as they were. No, they, they, they did a great job with that. And I, I think that showed uh, that they both care deeply about Kansas City. I look, I mean, we've both known both candidates, I mm-hmm. think, for quite a while, whether it's in... Um, Jeff City as an attorney or if it's as a city council person. And I yeah. feel like, you know, I've I got to be honest with, with the listeners here. I donated to both candidates in the primary mm-hmm. and then some during the general as well. Um, but I would have predicted these two. Yeah. With, when Kander got out of the race, I yeah. felt these would be our two. And I think most people were pretty happy with that. Um, it's funny. Uh, I did an interview and I said, you know, what will happen is it will be 60-40 and we'll all be shocked. Right. You know, right. but nobody could predict that. But you, I agree with you on Quinton obviously had the, um, <clears throat> he worked really hard. I mean, he, he was everywhere. He, um, he, he obviously is a great speaker mm-hmm. and, and a great orator and he, he's able to communicate well with, with, uh, with, um, the voters and, yeah. and on the issues that matter to them. And also I would say, um, you know, he, when I've talked to him about issues or with people, it's all like affordable housing or, you know what's going on with the city. He definitely is is very engaged. He he he's very engaged. Um, every time I've worked with Quinn, he is he's not only been engaged, but he's also enthusiastic. And I'm excited for a young issues. mayor. I'll tell yeah. you what. I mean, yeah, I like Jolie a lot too. Um, I was fine with either of them, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with a 34 year old mayor in Kansas City. You know, this this yeah. old guard has kind of ran the city right. for so long, right? And and I think we're seeing that a lot. I mean, you you look at his law school classmate. Uh, Congressperson Davids, you oh, know, yeah. right over in the Kansas Third. Uh, there, there's really a, a new generation uh, that is bringing a new way of communicating, a new style, but a lot of the same uh, thoughtful, intelligent. Uh, I, you know, I, I've used this term before, and and I don't think I don't think Quentin or anyone should take offense to it. But really, I think this new generation are generally policy wonks, mm-hmm. and that's what we need. Yeah. In city government, we need people that are really willing to roll up their sleeves and dig into the hard nuts and bolts of policy if we're really going to move the city forward. I like that. John Stevens is with us. So you mentioned new city council people. Yeah. Um, do you have any that you want to talk about that you know personally? Or um, well, I, I know that there's Eric Bunch is uh, yeah, pretty he, pro uh, urban walkability and yeah. biking and i i've met him years ago and we were office sport together yeah, as, yeah as, as, exactly <laughs> i uh i you know i would say that uh between the six returning uh and the six new how they mesh how they prioritize i i think it, it'll be very easy for 12 people to come in with 12 issues independent issues that they want to tackle first yeah and so how they build a coalition and how they build a priority list is going to be really important um yeah i mean the most hard fought 
uh, race that was, was uh, Jeff Jolly and, and Eric good, Bunch. Good, good guy, Jeff Jolly. I've known and him for years. both of them are, are, were great guys. And, and that's why I think, again, the race was so close, is they were both good people with their heart in the right place. Uh, I think at the end of the day, Eric worked incredibly hard mm-hmm. uh, in district. That always is the key, right, is, is getting out there, knocking on doors, and, and having a lot of energy. And people seem to like yeah. uh, people that are more um, – outgoing energetic in campaigns exactly and yeah. you know and he stuck to the message and 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 um i think people shouldn't underestimate uh uh council member elect bunch in thinking that he's only going to prioritize pedestrian and and bike walk uh he really does believe in development of the community and development of neighborhoods and i think that's going to be important john one of the things is um we've had a great eight years with slide james in my yeah. opinion um, mm-hmm. what, what do you think his legacy will be as someone who's worked with him and obviously has worked with other mayors? Yeah. Um, I, I really thought it was a breath of fresh air after kind of some of the, the previous administrations, at least one, <laughs> <laughs> as far as a, a brand in Kansas city, you know, I always thought like, I think, uh, American Idol was here. Somebody was here like mm-hmm. in 08 or before Sly was elected and, and the visuals of Kansas city on, uh, the show or some, one of those shows was just like a joke. And I'm like, yeah. we have got to brand Kansas city, but yeah. one thing you can't argue with is that Sly has definitely put Kansas city on a national scale. No, ab- absolutely. I, I, I think in, in a couple different levels, one, uh, mayor James should go down as one of the great mayors of Kansas city, period, yeah. hard stop. Yeah. Um, but secondarily, he was really the right personality, the right type of mayor, the right type of leader at the time. Keep in mind, we were digging ourselves out of a recession, mm-hmm. right? We had a major real estate collapse. We have a lot, a lot of issues to take on. And Mayor James came in and said, I'm going to just push forward and I am going to run through walls for this city. That was a good message, you know? And I think sometimes people accuse him of bullying or, or pushing too hard, but uh, people, people need to think about, especially in that first term, how hard we were fighting to kind of catch up Right. Yeah. And to do things, to move our city forward, to get unemployment back down, to get jobs, to really sort of gain the momentum that we needed for the success of our citizens. And uh, Mayor James did a great job. I, I mean, I, I will say that I'll remember for the rest of my life uh, the dozens of times I've been able to work with him on various projects and to, you know, to say he was a just just a developer's mayor or something really undersells the level of success and the level of projects he did from arts to neighborhoods to community to um, to development as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be exciting to see how uh, how he stays engaged. I'm assuming, I, well, he's yeah. going to step away he, for a while and he'll, enjoy he'll his life. He'll be back. He'll be engaged. <laughs> um, John, we both agree we got to continue moving things forward in Kansas yeah. City. Um, what are some things that you'd like to see uh, continue to move with the new mayor, the new city council, yeah. some things that we need to focus on? Well, you know, uh, I'll say both from my seat in Port KC and uh, and just me as a as a as a civic person, um, we have to have honest and open discussions on economic development, incentives, exemptions, this sort of structure around it. A lot of it is education for the public, but then some of it is real, meaningful policy discussions about right. what do we need to do where we don't stop momentum. Uh, we don't stop growth because that also stops jobs and opportunity and, and salaries. Uh, but then we also have to address the affordability issues. And, and I continue to beat the drum, and I think others should as well, that the affordability issue that Nashville, Austin, Portland, other cities are seeing and that is 
definitely beyond our doorstep and headed our way is not just rental housing affordability. It is your entire lifestyle affordability. Mm -hmm. We spend way too much on personalized transit, particularly people of lower income. They have to spend an outsized amount of their take-home income on individual vehicles because we don't have accessible transit options. We don't have places for them to live that are on transit corridors that get them to and from jobs. Those are all things, healthcare, other issues. We really need to address as a community. And I think if we just focus on rental housing and particularly if we just say downtown is the only place we need to focus on this and we need to change the narrative, that is important because we need diverse communities in every way. But we can't just, if we just focus on that, we're going to miss the boat and we're going to miss out and we're going to fail. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, infrastructure is a big deal, right? Ooh. I mean, if Quentin can get those potholes fixed well, quicker, people are going to love Quentin. I, I think, yes, <laughs> Maryland, yes, Quentin, yes. Quentin Lucas, because, uh, you know, I see these surveys that the Kansas Cityans are the best drivers. I just saw another one today. There's like t- 10 of the top 10 cities were best striving. And I'm just like, can you imagine if we were this good now, what we'd be if we had no potholes? Well, I would say our, our <laughs> I would say as Kansas Cityans, our reflexes are really good dodging those potholes. Um, I, I do think transportation and, and infrastructure, we, we have to continue to focus on infrastructure. People forget, you know, we're investing two point whatever billion in infrastructure and flood control. The, uh, the, the, the historic rains would have been 10 times worse had we not been investing for the last eight to 10 years in stormwater and flood control. Uh, those things are important, but we can't just focus on infrastructure. You can build all the infrastructure in the world, but then how do you retire the bonds? How do you pay for it? You have to have new development and new people. And we really need to be thinking about thoughtful density uh, for, tra- for infrastructure. I like that. Um, John Stevens is with me on today's show, Port KC. Their website is, John, give us the website for Port KC. It is portkc.com. Check it out. All of good information on there. When we come back from the break, John, I want to talk about uh, USDA, a little bit about yeah. that issue, uh, get into some state issues as well. Uh, what, what's going on with Hyperloop, Governor Parson, uh, low-income tax credits. Then in our final segment, we will touch on some of the national issues going on with the Democrats and with President Trump. You're listening to The Grill Nation Show on 980 AM. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Welcome back to the Grill Nation Show, 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast direct grillnationshow.com where you can find links to all of our old shows and photos of our guests as well as information about our partners and supporters. We appreciate you going to the website and as always connecting with me on Twitter at Jason Grill. John Stevens is with us from Port KC. His uh, Twitter handle is at Rock Hill Strat. A lot of uh, cool stuff happens on that Twitter, John. <laughs> you got a lot of stuff you're, you're sharing about Kansas City and all the things happening. Uh, one of the things I've heard about lately is this USDA. Yeah. Uh, moving to Kansas yeah. City, people in DC weren't happy about it. Employees and no, no, there's <laughs> it's think, happening though. I, you know what? I it's like a lot of things. I would say that uh, we can't. Uh, really engage in the in the federal discussion at that level because Kansas City had no say in the federal discussion. But when uh, really great, high quality, highly educated professionals uh, are offered up to move to your community, much like I believe it was 161 p- cities applied to to try to lure the USDA 
We won. I would like to think it's because of the momentum we're in, in America's heartland, we're in the breadbasket. And then, and then most importantly, we did, and this, this is, I I give a ton of credit to Kim Cowden and the KCADC. We approached an attraction project like we should in Kansas city, which we pulled four senators together, both congressional delegations and our entire bi-state community. And we showed exactly why the Kansas city Metro is the best place for educated professionals to live and work. And once we wanted that, now we go through the process of, of where do they, where do they end up? What office do they, you know, what sub market do they, do they operate in? And that's the fun part because it's already coming to Kansas city. Yeah. And, um, USDA. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I get why people probably are upset because you know, you're, gonna have to move oh i have potentially a ton of, if i mean yeah. if one of i mean we probably could easily move to dc me and you but Absolutely. <laughs> well and i have a ton of empathy for for those for people, the, right? the professionals and that's why there's actually a delegation in dc right now from kansas city talking to them and listening and, and hearing their concerns and and trying once, to, once to do the here, kansas city way here, right? They'll be fine right that's I, what always happens john I, I think so and these are people that you know there are a lot of them that are phd like world-class researchers. They have uh, trailing spouses that are professors and lawyers and doctors. Um, so these are people that are really vested in their community and, and disrupting that is always going to be tough, but I, I, I'm the optimist. Everyone I've ever known, almost everyone I've ever known that's moved to Kansas city from almost anywhere ends up totally falling in love with it. I do think we have a world-class community that really welcomes people with open arms. And I think we'll do the same for USDA. People don't understand this, but we have a lot of government, uh, positions here, correct? Uh, the federal government is the number one employer. Yeah. Right. That's that's amazing. It's like 13,000 uh, people in Kansas City work for the the federal government. Wow! So uh, yeah, amazing. I, yeah, no, I, I don't think big government center. I didn't know that, and I don't yeah. think many people did. Um, so you mentioned uh, locations. Yeah. So they're they're going to figure all that out, right? Missouri, Kansas. Yeah. Hopefully, the, we don't have a border war issue with incentives or any of that. No, jazz. that that's pretty much all settled. Now it's really down to um, not not to geek out, but the GSA General Services Administration. They come in. They kind of take all comers, people, all the different people who have office buildings. And, and just so the, the listeners know, uh, this isn't new buildings. The USDA wants an existing class A office okay. building because they want to start moving people. Uh, the first uh, leading edge of, of, of employees will come in July. And then they want pretty, the majority of them soon. to move in October. <laughs> so they want an existing building that then would be renovated for their, for their purposes. So, um, we don't have much class A office in Kansas City. We right now, don't do have we? much class A. We struggle with that, but, but we'll have uh, more soon. We, we will have more soon, hopefully. And, and we're, you know, I, I do think we have some great buildings downtown that can accommodate this size, uh, this size of employment. And, and I, I do hope, uh, this is the selfish side of density, density, density. I, I do tend to think that downtown on on the transit corridors, that is going to be a much more palatable place for people relocating from Washington, D.C. Yeah. to potentially live and work downtown. Hopefully that happens. One thing I did want to mention that I didn't have in our uh, prep notes that I've actually really kind of taken a liking to. I was in Mount Rushmore up in mm-hmm. South Dakota, the Badlands. And I'm thinking to myself, what is something we can do in Kansas City to get like tons of tourists every year? Yeah. And uh, then I started thinking about the downtown park idea yep. over the highway. Um, mm-hmm. That has been talked about for a while. Dallas did it. Um, other cities have done it. I'm just trying to think of, hopefully that stuff continues to be talked about. You mentioned the North loop or people have mentioned kind of changing the highway system, mm-hmm. uh, putting downtown parks, connecting things. You, you, you talk about connecting the East crossroads to the, 
to 18th and Vine, other places. I mean, is that stuff still happening, or are those conversations still happening? I know that most of the mayoral race was focused on um, neighborhoods and yeah. east east side and yeah. and potholes and all this stuff. These are the type of things that hopefully will continue to be talked about. Right, and you know, and and I know the mayor elect and and all of the candidates understand that um, you can't be a one issue leader. Um, so we can fill potholes, we can repair neighborhoods, and we can focus on our downtown. And in fact, downtown is a neighborhood, and it is probably the one neighborhood that if it thrives, it resonates and echoes success out to all the other neighborhoods because we become a thriving downtown office workforce that employs the people mm-hmm. that live in these neighborhoods. That being said, the North Loop, South Loop, uh, both of them are active conversations. Uh, 11 years ago, uh, you know, I, I worked on, on, uh, played a role in, in the concepting and, and ideas on the South Loop decking of turning it into 11 a linear years park. Ago. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, we didn't even have President Obama yet. I know. And I'm going to give you, I'm going I'm to give you an amazing fact that it may be one of the only infrastructure projects that has actually gotten cheaper in the 11 years since it was first proposed because of new technology, new methods of decking it, how it would, the, how the drainage would work, like all of the engineering side that's way beyond my technical acumen, but how that would work. I do think that a, a public private partnership for that with the convention hotel, with one light, two light, three light, uh, with the crossroads north side ready for more development. Mm-hmm. Those are the type of things. And now we have models too. Dallas just did a, a decked park between their museums that has been hugely successful largely a large chunk of that was privately financed okay it was interesting yeah. I, i've seen the numbers originally or a couple years ago it was like 140 million to do something like that now yeah. it's becoming cheaper so i good. think it could be significantly less <laughs> i love it um john stevens is with us john let's talk about uh, missouri yeah. um low-income tax credits went away uh during this last session i understand uh, yeah. talk about those and why those are important because sure those are always bandied about every year. Well, it, it, you know, I, I will use um, a, a great series of interviews that Lynn Horsley recently did with, uh, with I believe, five mayors, including Sly. and then Yeah, uh, yeah, I saw that. That and, was cool. Uh, and, and Congressman Cleaver actually made a great comment that I thought resonated with me. It is, the affordable housing issue in Kansas City must involve the federal government if we are to be successful. That translates also, I would add, a quote, you know, add an addition to that and say it also involves state government mm-hmm. because low income housing tax credits, uh, I think they were unduly maligned in the state legislature. They are valuable, valuable tools to close the financing gap to build, uh, multi unit tenant, you know, rental, rental units that are much more affordable for, for the working class, for upwardly mobile young professionals and, and for really, I would say general citizens throughout our community that need a different priced, less than market rate, but in an area that is still connected to the rest of the community. Mm-hmm. And, um, I do hope governor Parson, I think, uh, I think governor Parson had a, a, generally a good positive legislative session. He's been very good to work with in my experience from a development jobs and economy level. He gets it. Um, I was disappointed. The legislature wasn't able to take that issue up. And I was also uh, a little bit disappointed. I know there had been rumblings that the governor may do an executive action on restoring those. And and I understand why his administration didn't want to take an executive action and sort of subvert the legislature. But I do think um, without LIHTC, uh, Kansas City is going to continue to have challenges in how we build more affordable housing. I think that's interesting. You mentioned how important the state is um, to success of Kansas City, not just the federal level. Um, and for many years, St. Louis got all the dough and all yeah. the all the, all the all the all the 
all the things out of Jeff City, even when I was there, um, the rule and the St. Louis folks demanded a lot. But now Kansas City, I feel like, is is moving forward. And so um, that's interesting. So you think Governor Parsons did a pretty good job. I've heard rumors that Nicole Galloway is going to run against him in 2020, if, if, if potentially if she gets yeah. through a primary. You, you know, like anybody, I mean, I, you know, I focus on, on, on my role at Port KC. I, I don't uh, dabble or engage in politics. However, I'm a citizen. But you watch them. I'm a citizen. Mm-hmm. I listen. I, I think through it. I, I'm, I'm conscious of it. I, I think all indications are that uh, Nicole Galloway is going to run. Um, think, she, she's the auditor now, and she would she, not have to relinquish her seat. It's, she, it's, 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 a, it's a crossover it, deal, so she stays in her run. office. Mm-hmm. Where so many people ask me when, when the mayor's race is going on, and they're like, yeah. why can't Quentin Lucas or Joey Justice keep their seat? You know, Because they had a term left. Yeah. Um, and I tried to explain it to them. I think a lot of people were, were frustrated that one of those two people – win or lose was going to be off the city council. Right. And so right. I, you know, this is the way it works, but that's why people like Nicole Galloway can run for governor really has, I mean, a little bit maybe to lose politically if she loses, but doesn't lose her day job. But doesn't, right. She doesn't lose that position. So no, it makes a lot of sense. I, it, it makes a lot of sense. No, I would say, I think you Josh know, Hawley did the same thing when he ran. Josh, for the yeah, yep. Josh Hawley did the same thing. He yeah. would have, he would have had a, had a, had a seat to go back to. Yeah. Um, I, I do think governor Parson has done a nice job. He managed a, um, a, a growing uh, uh, conservative caucus that I think uh, really countered a lot of even the Republican agenda in the legislature this last session. Mm-hmm. And he did, an, he, he did, I think, a very good job managing and moving a lot of, of real positive agendas forward. I love uh, the message he brought out about uh, it's not just about bachelor's degrees. We need to provide quality, affordable training and education for professionals, for uh, uh, for trades. I think those are incredibly valuable for the future of Missouri. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did a masterful job in managing that. And uh, he ended, you know, ended into the session with, I think, a controversial topic, you know, obviously yeah. uh, with that it, issue. It, they it, got all the headlines. Yeah. But leading up to that, uh, I think I think the legislature and the governor, uh, they they ran a really, you know, and you're, you're a former legislator, but he was in the I think they did a great job managing. Mike Parson was in the process. house and he was in the, we were on committees together. Good guy. Yeah. Um, but you're right. The, the abortion thing kind of took over. It's kind of like Sly with the pre-K. It's like people remember that last thing, but they don't remember everything before. They don't remember all the rest. And and I think people after after the previous governor's uh, situations, people wanted, uh, people wanted stability mm-hmm. and they wanted lack of controversy. John Stevens is with us. Port KC. We're going to be right back after the break talking federal issues. I want to hear you calling my name Welcome back to the Grill Nation show, our final segment today. Uh, you're listening to 980 AM, or if you're joining on iTunes via podcast, we greatly appreciate it. You can check out our website at grillnationshow.com. I'm joined today by uh, Grill Nation show uh, supporter, Port KC, and John Stevens, who's the president and CEO. Their website is portkc.com. Amazing things happening on the Kansas City, uh, Missouri Riverfront down there. Check it out. And they also do all kinds of other stuff in the region as well. <clears throat> a lot of great information at portkc.com. John, we're going to talk about some uh, federal issues here. Uh, we mentioned a lot about Missouri in the last segment. Mm-hmm. Um, what what candidate you think for the Democrats would play the best in Missouri? I know it's early, wow. but there's a lot of things happening. We're having a big yeah. Democratic debate this week. 
Yeah, um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting when when the when the candidates started entering the 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 fold. I was like, wow, we're gonna we're gonna have an entire starting soccer you know lineup <laughs> in in there, and now we have the the starting soccer and all the backups. Twenty four people, we have right? A big crowd, crazy. Um, it, there is still so far to go. I couldn't even begin to say who's going to resonate. I would say, given historically with voters in Missouri, it it, it seems like Biden would be sort of the natural one to resonate. But as we've seen over the last few years, some of those natural assumptions have definitely broken apart. So yeah, maybe I, not. I agree with you. I think Pete Buttigieg could be good too mm-hmm. um, for Missouri. Uh, I, uh, I I thought about this after the mayor's race because it seems to me like the status quo candidates, yeah. just the safe picks don't win anymore. Yeah. We can look at Mitt Romney. We can look at John McCain. We can mm-hmm. look at uh, Hillary Clinton. We can look at Al Gore back in the day, coming off of a great Clinton years. We can look at um, a lot of different things. So that's what kind of yeah. Biden is kind of just the presumptive candidate, right? Yeah. Well, that's I, why people are having some heartburn about it. You know, I think that's why people are having heartburn. I also think that that's um, that that's his biggest detriment. You know, um, he is the traditionalist candidate in many ways. And um, I, I think we found that nobody wants the heir apparent, quote unquote. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, people people react negatively to that. And and whether it's right or wrong, that's sort of just where the, the nature of politics are right now at the federal level and, and in many instances, state and local. Yeah. They're having a debate uh, in Miami. <laughs> I think yeah. there's going to be two of them. I, I think it's fascinating right. to see how they're lining up 11 people on the stage for two nights and, and the policy that goes into it. I mean, what do you expect? I mean, w- when this type of thing happens, I know that um, that uh, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, um, Elizabeth Warren kind of has her own mm-hmm. debate stage, essentially, as yeah. far as one of the front runners. Yeah. Uh, I, I, Bernie and Biden, I think, are on the same one. It's like two different nights. It's crazy. Yeah. How they're going to do this with TV. There's it, five it, moderators. It's incredibly it, it's an incredibly complex thing. But I think ultimately what will happen and 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 I have to give journalists and the debate planners credit for trying to create a a process that that these candidates have a chance to get their message across in an honest and, and reasonable way. But at the end of the day, unfortunately, I think it's going to be whatever the most inflammatory or most difficult, interesting, quirky sound bites. Those are unfortunately what is going to resonate resonate. And until the campaign contributions and sort of things start really coming in to narrow that field. It's going to be very difficult for and them they'll to They'll get narrowed out. probably after Iowa. I think after Iowa is when you'll start seeing a lot. If you don't of finish in the top three, in. probably your, your chances are. Yeah. Slow. And you'll probably have, still have a few laggards to kind of stick it out, you know, yeah. thinking that they're going to find something when, when they move to the Carolinas or somewhere else, but it's going to be very difficult. It's crazy that it's already that time of the year. It I, mean, is. I feel like 2016 wasn't that long ago. Exactly. I think we're, we're all still catching our breath from, you know, from, from that process. And keep in mind how, how tough that Republican process was. There were so many candidates in that race and we, it was, we've, we've we've had another touchdown of them. I think there were 17 total in that one. Exactly. Um, I think it's interesting. I think, I hope that they just don't attack Biden. He's getting attacked from every angle right now. And, you know, hopefully they talk about policy and what they're going to do. I think yeah. Pete Buttigieg does that really well as far as articulating things mm-hmm. um, that he wants to do and, and having kind of that um, aspirational yeah. kind of message, kind of like Quinton did, you know, as far yep. as uh, speaking to the masses and, and really kind of sharing that. And I think that'll help him. Yeah. And I, I think and Camilla so, Harris, is it? I keep pronouncing it wrong. I know. I, I think it's Camilla. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but I would say... She's also up there. Elizabeth yeah. Warren's up there, Bernie Sanders. Then we have all these... 
Cory Booker's of the world, yeah. and Klobuchar's. And exactly. It's be and, and nobody needs my advice, obviously, on this. But I would say the same approach to messaging. Uh, I would advise them to take the same approach to messaging uh, that I and others do in civic leadership and in, and in, and in CEO roles, which is honesty, be thoughtful, be clear, be concise, be direct, and, and engage in a human way, and, and, and be willing to answer the issues that matter. And don't try to dodge them or avoid them or counter them. Um, and uh, I think you know immigration is going to be one that the Democrats are going to have to show leadership on. So that's leadership interesting on. you mentioned that because a Gallup poll that came out recently said it was the number one issue. For Americans, well, it's, it's been, trending that way. It, it has been made an issue. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it's it, you know, I don't want to say it's a manufactured issue, but it has been made a much bigger issue than it probably is. Yeah. Um, and then tr- I think trade has been rolled into that with the tariffs. Like all of these issues, kind of muddle. But what is rising to the top is people say, well, immigration is is terrifying, and or immigration is is uh, something we need to address and fix. And I think a clear, concise message. Uh, that lays out that we are a nation of immigrants, uh, but that we also have borders. Those sort of messages are going to resonate, and people want solutions. And I think they need we're to ready come together. Yeah, yeah, they need to come together and figure something out. Um, John, uh, Senator Josh Hawley uh, got filed a bill this week with Mark Warner on technology and, mm-hmm. and data, uh, yeah. and, and people figuring out how much their data is worth. I thought that was interesting. I, I, and it's kind of like he's he's kind of appealing now to the. Uh, not uh, kind of the populace too, yeah. and the. It, yeah, it's interesting it, to talk about that. You know, I find it interesting. I don't know enough. I'm still a little uncertain of what this bill accomplishes exactly and what it means. I, I know it's supposed to set valuation and prices for for various actions on on your own personal data and your ownership of that data, um, but I'm not really sure where that lands as far as what it accomplishes to the average citizen. Because I think you're not getting paid. Yeah, you're yeah. not getting I a mean, check every year I for. Mean, <laughs> if, if 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 I got a check for all the data I used on Twitter, I would be a millionaire, <laughs> and, and I would love this. To pay for everything, exactly. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I do kind of like that uh, that Holly is working with Mark Warner on this. I, I think that's exciting. I think the other one that has been fascinating is uh, is Ted Cruz and Ocasio Cortez <laughs> kind of having a little uh, a little what, love what, what fest, a policy tell, tell love fest. That, yeah. I, well, I think there's been what two different uh, two different issues uh, on on what is it college debt and and something else where uh, Senator Cruz said, "Well, I actually would co-sponsor a bill with you on this," and it was kind of mind blowing. Yeah. Uh, that that people who I think are perceived and probably in many many realities are total total opposite spectrums of of of, of the elected office are, are sort of meeting somewhere in the middle and and I honestly think as as interesting and maybe strange as that is uh, I hold some hope out yeah. that this might be sort of our new normal I hope so right yeah hopefully I mean, that's a that's a sign of things to come John we got about a minute left in the show. Um, Anything else going on with you in this world with poor KC, with, with, with summer trips, with, uh, I'm hoping you're not going to the Dominican Republic anytime soon. No. To Kanta. Uh, I, I am really hoping, uh, no, no, I'm, I'm very nervous about the, uh, the Dominican Republic. And, uh, I keep wondering when these toxicology reports are going to come out because it started as maybe just some odd occurrence. And now it yeah. seems like a trend that is a little unnerving, Staring. I think, for people, uh, when you're starting to hear these weekly reports now of, of deaths and illnesses, uh, in these resorts. Um, obviously not enough to stop traveling to beaches, <laughs> but, um, it definitely is something that we, we need to know more about and hopefully people are addressing. Are there any exciting events coming up on the uh, riverfront, Berkeley Riverfront Park? Or uh, yeah, go to portkc.com and check them out. 
out. Uh, we just came off of an amazing Pride Fest, largest Pride Fest in the history of Kansas City down on the riverfront, an amazing uh, three-day event of, of inclusion and, and celebration of, of Kansas City. And uh, we have dozens of events. There's beach volleyball. There's yoga in the park. There's all kinds of things. And uh, we're excited about that. And then be, be, be paying attention. You'll see uh, some, of the, some of the great projects that we have hopefully coming to fruition soon. John Stevens, Port KC, thanks for coming on the Grill Nation show and for your support. Great show. Thanks, Jason. Always glad to be here. Thanks for listening to Grill Nation. We'll see you again next week. Yeah.